You're listening to a 1FM podcast. And welcome to the AFL opening bounce. Of course, as we head into Elimination Finals week, I'm not quite sure the exact name of this one, but no, well, it, it happens too quickly, but we are back. A huge thanks to Ralph for not only music over the last couple of hours, but giving us some good couple of tunes there to lead into the show. So uh, he really enjoyed playing the Carlton theme song. For those that don't know, Ralph's a, a blue bagger and he, he loves his blues and I think he's a little bit happy at the moment that they're still alive and lots of other teams aren't. So lots of nodding of the head coming from the other studio. We did ask him to come on, but he I think he thought maybe it would jinx their chances tonight and so he didn't. So, But well done, Ralph. Thank you very much. Uh, we have a, a blank chair in the studio, and we are missing the stats man. The stats man's not here this week, so he's out busy doing a few other things, so he will be back tuned in with us next week. So we've just got Sydney the Bridge with us this week. Bridges, how you doing? I'm good. Good to be here. I'm still crying over our poor Saints. They weren't quite good enough last week. I was down there at the game, and they, uh, they had a few great hot goes, but they just weren't good enough. Yeah, it was. Look, most of the games pretty much went to schedule, I think, from last week, as where they were sort of expected. But unfortunately, that meant that our Saints uh, said goodbye, boys. They did. They did. Um, losing memory just before the game wasn't great. That sort of, and and I think Ross himself admitted he made a mistake after that because he left Caminiti in there. He brought Caminiti in in place of memory, and what he should have done is brought Howard in and moved Cordy to the forward line. No, he should have put Cordy out altogether. Well, he wasn't the backman we needed. That, that was a given. The other mistake he made was um, who he put on Green, Toby Green. Early on, he, he was just way too good. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't fill that spot right. Later, he put Webster to him, and that was better. He wasn't under the control. But best on ground, I thought, was Kelly. I thought he was amazing. 19 possessions, two goals to half time. We'll come back to to that game. Let's look at what happened before we got to that game. First one was Thursday night. Seems like about a whole Maynard suspension a week ago. But it was the Pies, 60 points, Demons, 53. And really the talk out of this one was the Maynard incident. It was. And uh, I, I think at the end of the day, the right decision has been made. Like it was, he was in the air. He was going to spoil. He touched the ball, in fact, and came down. Like when you're in the air, you don't have any control. The last bit to go with that is that at the last moment, Brayshaw veered with his kick and action. He veered into the path to where he was right underneath. Look, it's there's a few issues I've got with it. First one is yes, he's in the air and. I, the way that the, the the rule now is, it's almost like they want you to to concuss yourself to not hurt somebody else, or turn invisible, or be invisible. Yeah, that okay. Would be good. Like if they could go invisible, they could stop that. Does that mean you can make the ball invisible too? Ah, I don't uh, think you can do that. Uh, okay, it's against the rules. A bit like yeah. stand on someone's shoulders. <laughs> but if you're in Maynard's case, he's up in the air. He's got two choices there, and he does have a choice. He's got time still to have a choice. He can do nothing and let Brayshaw run right into his um, his meat and potatoes and knock him straight and trip, basically tunnel him. He can do that. Or he can brace for contact and protect his body. He can't do both. He can't protect Brayshaw and himself in that incidence. You're right. So, but like I said, if he doesn't 
if he doesn't protect himself, what happens in that that clash? Yeah, I, Brayshaw just runs straight I think through they, him. They both get damaged, really. Yeah. Well, the interesting bit about it was that the MRI said there's nothing. MRI. MRI. Or whatever it's definitely not an MRI. It. MRI tells you what's going on. They don't. They don't. They don't <laughs> know what's going on. Well, the, like he he said, there's nothing to see here, but the AFL, in their power and wisdom, decided to take it to the tribunal. No, themselves. the new lady. What's her name? Forgotten her name already, so yep. she didn't leave a big enough mark with a <laughs> bit. But uh, I've got a, I've got an objection to the AFL overriding them. But at the same time, the AFL normally do this behind the scenes. Normally, Michael, poor Michael Christian comes out and goes, "I've decided to send this to the tribunal." When we all know that he probably didn't have a real lot of choice. Whereas this time, he said, "This is what I think," and she's decided that no. It's. It, I think it needs to go for player protection. It needs to go to the tribunal, and she put her name to it. So that they, I, I'll give her credit for that part. But what what's Michael Christian there for if she's just going to override him? Well, you're right. And now the AFL have come out and said that they will look at changing the rules to next year, meaning that even if it's a football action and you knock somebody out, then you're still going to be responsible. Oh, I think that's the end of the game. Uh, I, if he'd have got suspended, it would have been, in well, my mind. Well, according to Goodwin, and even even Nathan Buckley come out and said that he should get three weeks. Yeah, well, he goes with the wind, that chap. He's just dirty that Collingwood are going to probably win a flag and he's not part of it. <laughs> but it's it's play. I get player protection, but it's a contact sport. And uh, one of the who was, uh, steel side bottom come out and said... It's a 360-degree game. You can do and protect as much as you like, but it's a 360-degree game and people are going to get hurt. And that's just part of it. So if protecting the head is that much, it ends the game. It turns us into touch footy. Well, I, I don't know that you can play this game without the risk of some injuries. I really don't think you can. Whether it be knees, ankles... Calves, hamstrings, concussion. It's all part of the game. That I, it, it, I don't think they're worried about the knees, the hamstrings. Well, knees maybe because we are seeing a lot of those, especially in the ladies' football. Uh, there's been a few casualties of that already. But it's the concussion is the focus. Well, that's because the AFL are now at risk of some multi-million dollar payouts and they don't want to do that. They don't like paying out money. Yep, but if you're playing football at that level you're not in your contract is it not saying that this is the game that you're signing up to play this is why we're giving you this much money to do it well you would think it would be in there but that still gets negated as has been proven in the past venables for well, i think it was venables from west coast it, he would have been signed to the same thing well he got a nice payout and he deserved to pay out I, I, whether it comes how it comes i'm not sure but if you're injured in this game and you're... Well, it's work cover, isn't it? It's apparently not, no. It should be work cover. It's their well, job. That, that's The insurance part has to be beefed up to cover that, that I, I believe. That, that's where... It, like, it's not the AFL's fault if Maynard cleans up Brayshaw. And Brayshaw's had 45 concussions already, so he's stepping on the field already knowing that he's a, a very high candidate for a slight knock to end up concussion because he's got a bad history of As it. As Paddy McCartan would well know. Yes. Uh, now, Paddy has retired, all right, is Brayshaw at that point. 
Or is Brayshaw saying, I think I can still play on? If he does, then does he then take away the duty of care to the AFL or whatever? Because he has no one, he's got that risk. And he's now decided to play on. Does that take away the risk? I think it does. I think it does. Bridges, you shouldn't drink that bottle of Coke. It's bad for you, but you choose to still drink it. That's right. So that's your fault now, not not theirs. I think where the AFL is going, though, is that in the past... They weren't, didn't have all these mechanisms to protect the head to do these things. The Venables didn't bit. There was no real rules against that. You were still meant to clean them up. You were still meant to play football to the ninth degree of a WWF fight. Okay. Now, and, and they're going to be liable for that to a degree. Now they're showing, okay, if we do this, this, and this, and we show everything, and they still get concussion, we can say, well, we've done all of these things to prevent it. The players accepted to play. Yeah, but will that stand up? I think it will, but oh. it still needs to have. There still has to be work cover. I, I think there has to be. I think in the new uh, bargaining agreement that the AFL is doing with the Players Association, there's going to be a ten million dollar um, kitty. You could call it a kitty that will be put there for similar purposes. But that's not enough. Well, yeah. you, you, you crash your car down the street and TAC come and pay you out half or three quarters of a million because you can't work anymore. So you go get hurt at football and you can't work anymore. What, you only get 50 bucks? $10 million isn't going to go very far if you're splitting that between everyone that's got concussion and got these symptoms. I don't know that it's a past concussion. I think that's there to cover for those incidents that happen from now on. That's mm-hmm. the Get insurance. Well, that would be, you know, much more sensible to me. I'm not sure why the insurance doesn't cover it anyway. It, it should anyway. Uh, let's Collingwood, then... look, in this game, Collingwood took, jumped out of the blocks. We already talked about that part. It's all about, Bra- it was all about Maynard. The well, Collingwood game we did last he week. He got off. That's... He got off. Waiting till Tuesday? Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. It's usually, always, in history, it's always been a Tuesday night. So you've got no issue with a Thursday game in finals, sitting there for basically a week in limbo. Uh, no, I, if any when I umpired any finals or any um, tribunal hearings, were always Tuesday night. So, so that's just okay. All right, it was just my question was, you know, it was a Thursday game. Couldn't you have convened something for a Friday, Saturday, whatever, and got it out of the way? Well, it's possible, but no, this is AFL, mate. Now we come to the conclusion in what uh, five or ten minutes of a chat that he should have got off. Yes. How the hell did it take four hours? Uh, good question. <laughs> they all had pizza and stopped in there and someone brought in a movie to watch and they watched the Avengers while they were doing it. How does it possibly take four hours? I think both sides have got to have their say and then the specialists come in and have their say and then you've got an hour of deliberation in the back room of the, where the tribune was saying, we think this, and the AFL is saying, no, you've got to do this. I, I, th- I think it, it just takes time. They do take a lot of time. Uh, and then, well, okay, so let's move on then from Collingwood. We'll jump into a sponsor's break. On the other side of the sponsor's break, we will round out the, the last three games that did happen 
last week and i'll just bring that one up and we'll jump to there you're of course listening to the afl opening bounce brought to you by the one and only patentina's bp service station and joey is a demons fan so if you go up there he will tell you all about them now tomorrow it may be positive or it may not be but we'll find out when we get to it you're listening to the afl opening bounce brought to you by patentina's bp service station Patentina's BP service station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Patentina's BP service station. GB Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. And welcome back to the AFL opening bounce as semi-finals are here and last week we had the eliminations and the qualifying finals and one of those eliminations was Carlton versus Sydney it was a cracker of a game this one I really did enjoy watching it in the end the Blues got the chocolates and got one more week of football 11 goals 8-74 9 goals 14-68 6 point winners but lots more scoring shots to the Swans Bridges Look, uh, again like the night the game against Collingwood and Melbourne was the fact that Carlton jumped out of the blocks, got out in front, got way out in front and had the, the lead. And then Sydney came back and they fought hard to battle their way in. Inconsistent kicking a goal did cost them dearly a game. Melbourne did the same and so did Sydney. And I think at the end of the day, that cost them the, the win. The fact was Carlton had the, the game, you know, you know, they got the score early when it really matters and they were able to hold on. They practice this. It's cost them over the years, Carlton, not being able to finish games out. And they were able to do that. And I thought that was well done by them. Because they are right. They were cha- they were had the game in the bag and then they were challenged. And I, I thought, okay, this, this game's done and dusted. The, there's nothing more to see here. Swans are, are finished. And then they kept kicking to goal, kicked to goal. And then they got back to pretty close margin. And then it sort of just sat at that for a while and neither team could really break through. I, I thought... Uh, one that was very important when it come to the crunch was two main actions that the guy did and I wish the Saints had never got rid of him was Blake Akers. I, I gave him best on ground for mine. Right. I, 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 thought, I much, thought he was terrific. Much the same. If you can turn your microphone down there, Bridges. You just got his iPad here, everybody. Techn- technology Bridges is, is right in full form here at the moment trying to figure out how to do this. But, yeah, Blake Akers, there was a strong mark, and then he pushed forward with the ball and then kicked the winning goal in the process. But, yeah, you're really challenged there, aren't you, Bridges? Yep. We are going to miss this part in a couple of weeks when we've got no more football. (laughs) But it was a really good game. Now, one of the sad incidents come out of it, well, sad, but it was self-done, was Jack Martin. He got two weeks by the MRO and fought that down to a single week. So he can't play tonight, but he can play if the Blues make it through next to next week. I think he was lucky to downgrade it, in, in all honesty. That was a clear smack to the head. Uh, look, I don't know. As was I Blakey said, concussed? Did he go like? No, was, he played he on. He played on. Yeah, and he was he played quite well, actually. So, now, th- this is where my issue is. If the AFL wants to make a statement about the head then don't the reason he would have got back to one week is because Blakey played on and that should be we've said for years here on this show that yep. the action 
is what should be penalised, not the result. Not the result of that action. I agree. And, and, and we see so many that aren't malicious, that aren't really, that are football acts, like Maynard's one, which all end up getting the talking about. But then you've got one like Jack Martin who comes in with a swinging forearm and he gets one week. Well, in my opinion, that's the one that should get six. I agree. Like, it, it, I know Car- Carlton fans are going, oh, I don't want to lose Jack Martin, I don't want to lose him. But whoever, if that's the... He's got time. He ran 20 metres to that contest. He had time to bump, to choose, to tackle, to do whatever. Instead, he chose to throw his arm. And as a consequence, he got one week. I don't know. They, they, I wish Stats was here. Yeah. So I want to know. I'd love to know which side of the fence Stats are sitting on on this one. Was, is, was one week fine? Or should have should he be getting more stats, man? I know you're out there, and you'll tell us next week because you will be listening. But it, that's my bit. Is if this want if the AFL wants to protect the head, that's the rule they need to bring in coming in next year. You can't bring in penalising Maynard. You can't bring a football act because they got concussed in in and suspend from that. Because if you do that, you kill the game. The fans won't go. Everybody's going to stop. If you're going to do it, not only that, how do you play that down into country footy? How do you play that down to everywhere else if you can no longer, if it's touch football? Well, and that's, I don't know. Look, the game has changed because, like, you go back years ago, you could shirt front a guy, clean him up straight up the middle, and either you hit his head or not, too bad. That was a that was an incident, and it was just play on. Mumford so built a career on that, didn't he? So they've changed that rule now where you can't do that, yet the game has still survived. You can. Okay. You the, can shirt front them as long as you don't knock the head and yeah. get them concussed. You can't jump off the ground or whatever. The, all of these You can things do all those coming. things as long as you don't cut the touch the head or they get whiplashed into concussion. And this is where the game still survives. The AFL has made some crazy decisions of changing rules. That standing on the mark, that is a crazy rule. Oh, the stand rule. It with it. It's the worst word in football, isn't it? Stand. Oh. And he doesn't stand. Yes, the game still survives. I have an issue with the stand rule, and and it's easy. Every player exploits it. He's told to stand, and the player goes, "Rightio, he's there." But the goals are a bit over there, so the player just instantly walks back off a different line, pretends he's look pointing towards the goal, but he's actually five, ten meters from where the guy would have been. If you're going to make the guy stand, doesn't that mean the guy has to go back and kick over you've his got, head? My point in this is you've got four umpires out there. One should be on the side and one should be behind the player. That should be just come in. And as soon as he deviates, the player behind the one with the ball deviates, play on. Oh. Okay, if you want to make him stand, I don't mind that if that's going to happen. But it's taken advantage of so often that the umpires are too slow in call and play on. And already the ball's 50 metres on before he's even called play on. So it wasn't really a high possession game, this Carlton game. The highest possession was Walsh with 28 and Lloyd with 27, Akers 26. I thought Akers was terrific in that last five minutes as well. Even through the game he was good, but that last five minutes... Four marks, a tackle, one goal one, 570 metres gained for his club. And yeah, just that last play summed up why they brought him into the football club. Yep. And they paid only a future third-round pick. So a third-round pick from this year was what they paid for Acres. Yeah. So they paid less than half a packet of peanuts, and now they've got 
a guy who's helping them take on Melbourne tonight. So well done to the, the drafting crew for the Blues. He's been an asset to you. Losing Martin is going to hurt. He also did some really good things. He was one of my better players for the day as well. Yeah, I agree with that. He was okay. He did some nice things. He's come back into the side in the last, what, six weeks? And he's kicked a lot of goals. He's, he's been a terrific player. The other one they're going to miss is Harry Mackay out with concussion. Were they going to miss him? Did they notice he was oh. back? Well, if he'd have kicked that goal running into goal instead of hit the kicking into the post. That's, that's Harry Mackay down to a tee, though, isn't it? It is. It is. But that happened earlier in the game when they were on top. So it didn't really affect the, the result. No, it doesn't. But you can't rely on him kicking a goal. Harry Mackay gets a kick 15 metres straight out in front. Every Carlton fan's got their hand over their eyes. <laughs> in fact, they're even more worried that if they're in the crowd in the 50 metre line, they might get hit with the ball. Yes. Uh, the, crowd, the Carlton crowd is definitely a, a, an extra advantage to, the, to Carlton. But that they were crowd are fanatic. What was the, it was, what was the crowd at 92 that 92,500 around that. So it was, was well worth the effort Almost then. Almost similar to the... Uh, Collingwood Melbourne game. Oh, see if they give me. Yeah, well, the Collingwood Melbourne was ninety-two, so that was good, and and there wouldn't have been that many Sydney supporters in amongst all of that. So, well done to the Blues fans. Uh, of course, our own Gary Nipper Harvey was there. He was I'll at bet. the game, and I I tried to get in touch with him to get get him on air tonight because I'm sure he's on his way down to Melbourne or already in Melbourne to see them tonight. He doesn't miss many games and he goes to them with his daughter and yep. it's their thing. And I would like love to have been able to get his view on the Blues, their chances tonight. So, uh, it, Nipper, if you are in, give Bridges a ring on his mobile and uh, we'll get you on air. But otherwise, uh, enjoy the football later on. But Swans, I think we have to give them a tick for the year, don't we? Well, they got a flogging in the grand final last year. and Round 17, they were 15th. That's exactly right. So but they were come back from and the played. bottom. Yep. Uh, they did very well. They did have a lot of injuries through that mid part of the season. So th- there is, like their back line, they had yeah. no, no tools. But injuries aside, that's irrelevant. You're 15th with only six, seven rounds to go. You're already thinking um, Mad Monday. Oh. Probably, yes. So they came back very nicely. Uh, and, and they were a little they, bit of luck there and they'd have won that and gone through again. And Carlton as well, though. Carlton were... And look, I'll put my hand up. I shot Voss. You well, shot him and buried I, him. I had buried him down deep down. In fact, I think I'd already put the next coach on top of him. <laughs> uh, but Voss got them back up and running. They were dead and buried as well. And the Blues then won eight or nine on the trot. And... They're now in a, a semi-final, so it, it shows that you, you're never out of it. You can there's teams tanking, and I don't care what people say; they definitely are. And then there's other teams that still have that belief in themselves. And sometimes we see it happen. And this year we saw two teams come from nowhere, make finals, and make it to the second week of finals. Uh, and I, you've got to give credit to Carlton for doing that because they lost what six in a row there and looked disastrous. And the coach was. You know, like you say, his head was on the chopping block and the car- and Carlton had to come out and said, oh, no, he's our coach. Well, that's usually a criteria to get rid of him. The, the first game they won was that Suns game. And I honestly do think if they'd lost that, 
he wouldn't have survived that week. They were lucky to win that as well, weren't they? But they only had to get four points. Yes. And they got four points, and then he was safe, and away he went. So, well done to the Blues. You survive another week. Well done to the Swans. Yeah, not the result you were chasing, but I think fans out there know that their list is extremely young, and they will have ruck issues, which they're trying to address. They look like they're in the front running for Grundy. Well, Port have pulled out of Grundy. Have Port Port said nope. Where well, where no going Grundy? For Jordan Sweet. Port are smart. They're going for the best VFL ruckman that we've seen around this area in the last decade, mm-hmm. and and Sweet is that he is he his VFL level work is amazing. He's just unlucky enough to have gone to a team that has Tim English, right? And, and a coach that doesn't want to play two. Well, I, well, I don't know that you can play two big big guys. See, he's a he's a tap ruckman though. He's a Goldstein. Mm-hmm. So he's a tap ruckman that gets the odd possession and gets bits. He's is it Tim English is a ruck rover that does it all. So you you can't really go, oh, Timmy, you be a ruck rover and I'll put him in to go with you. I just don't see it fitting. It's no, the it's, it's the it's issue a bit like Melbourne Marshall at St Kilda. He's better on his own. Yeah. Uh, although we Grundy did, we similar. won a final when there was two ruckmen. When Paddy McCartan was there, we won the final. Uh, not Paddy McCartan, uh, Paddy Ryder. Paddy Ryder, yeah. And then he got injured and we lost the following week. So it was there. All right, let's move on to the next game. And in that one, it was not a game that I liked very much. As I said last week, I've had to play football at Melton and we yeah got a bit of a touch up in that one too by the way <laughs> it didn't the Giants quite. weren't Giants uh, look we, we did the best we could but the Giants are a mixed age uh, anybody out there that's still 55 that wants to play footy there's room for you at the Giants because you mix in with the rest of us but we we went down to Melton hoping to play the 45s and we had to play their over 35s and two thirds of them could go out Deacon Reserve this weekend and play a, semi, a, a prelim final at GVL and, yeah, we, we just got a little bit touched up there. Uh, we won the last quarter, though. We won the last quarter, which was good. Big, tiny, our ruckman uh, was getting the taps down to me, and I had uh, a coach running through, kicking us long into the forward line, and we, we had to... So, yes, we got thumped, but we finished the year with a winning quarter and walked out of it happy, footy for fun, and it was a good year at the Giants, I think. Well, the Saints game wasn't any better. They the Saints game happened at the same time, yes, and that was... We spoke briefly about this earlier, and it, they were disappointing in themselves, Saints. They weren't, didn't have the run. They talk about the Saints being a good running team, but Giants, I'm not sure they were any faster, but their movement of the ball was superb. Coming out of the out of a pack, out of a ruck contest or whatever, there was someone running past for the handball and bang, bang, and it was gone down the other end of the ground and they kicked beautifully at goal. Some snaps that were so outstanding. So Saints 11-11-77 and the Giants 15-11-101, 24-point winners over the Saints. And Lockie Ash was pretty good. It was Local boy, he was, he was very good. And um, I believe he's re-signed on down there, so... His family are going across. Mum and dad are across in Adelaide tonight, I believe. So they'll be looking for a good win and, uh, you know, to continue the run they've got. It was uh, like I had the headphone in at the the start of the game and listened to the first quarter and we're 19 points down and I I was like, okay, yep, good. I'll put that down and leave that there and go go and play football because I think we're done. And obviously it got out to over 40 points and the Saints did peg it back a couple of times. They kicked six, seven in a row there after. Saints kicked the first two and then Giants went bang, bang. Six, seven in a row and 
the Saints came back at the end of the second and third quarter and got it back to that 20, 25-point mark each time. But then the Giants come out and just ran away again. So they were obviously better. Maybe they run out a bit of steam at the end of each quarter. That's, you know, that can happen. But it, it, overall, the Giants were very good. Uh, now, obviously, I, as I said, I didn't get to see too much of this. And when you lose a final, you don't really want to sit back and watch it if you don't have to. But you did mention to me on the phone that Jack Steele led by example. Oh, Jack Steele got 39. He's, rec- he's you know, career high, 38 possessions, um, tackles and whatever. He was outstanding. Marshall was good. Sinclair was good. How effective was... I'm just looking at the stats and I look at them on paper for Jack Steele. 38 disposals, but only 256 metres gained. So it, it was uh, mostly handballs. Who was he handballing to? Oh, well... The yeah. Was he handballing it to them? Was he actually... Or were the Saints getting out of the clearance with it? It's no, no what they did is they went around in a bit of the ring, ring of Rosie. The Saints were around those. They got the possessions, but they weren't able to clear it. Sons, uh, the Giants were all over them in those positions. So there was a lot of panic in that area because the Giants just had the upper hand. So we compare Jack Steele to who who's probably playing against at most of it is Tom Green. And Tom Green's got 35 disposals, but 700 metres gained. Mm. So a big difference between the two. And that's, I think that's the tail of the tape right there, is that Jack Steele, yes, 38 disposals, but every time he got it, he's handballed to another contested, to a contest, and that Saints haven't cleared the ball. Tom Green gets, it, he's got 21 kicks, 14 handballs, and 700 metres gained. He's kicking out of it to somebody. He's or whether it goes to Saints or whoever, it's clearing the area. Yeah, and they did that very well. And Lockie Whitfield was good as well. And then the next best Saint was Rowan Marshall with 31 disposals and a goal. He, look, he started the game like the first quarter and a half, looked like he was going to have a riot day. But then Big Briggs um, from the Giants, he, he, he didn't win, but he stood up and he did some very nice things for a big fella. I, I think the Giants have found their next Mumford. Oh. He, he has that way about him where he crashes and bashes a bit. He's a big, solid boy. He's not quite tall enough, maybe, uh, but and he doesn't have a big spring, but he's consistent and he has a red-hot crack. So 17 disposals for Bridge, tw- uh, Briggs, 28 hit-outs versus Marshall's 18, and 400 metres versus Marshall's 500 metres. Both had nine uh, clearances be- each, so... Marshall got a goal. Marshall got a goal. Briggs got a point. So Marshall, I think, gets the chocolates with it in that one. But if Briggs got the next week. Yeah, he got a try. Yep. So, all right. So from the Saints then, okay, Bridges, you've been on the Saints positively. You've kicked the crap out of them more than I kicked the Blues during the year. Where do you see the Saints season? Like, was it a successful season for St Kilda or was it a fail? Uh, you'd have to class it as a successful season. I, I, with the parameters being they've missed the finals the last couple of years, sacked the rat and the coach, brought a new coach in who started off the season very well, won the first five or six, stayed in the top six all year, didn't drop out of it. So And go out in the first final, that was a bit disappointing. But what he did do is he's got the most games into into young charges, teen cha- players, of anybody in the league. And that is not a normal Ross Lyon trait. 
So he's he's found the Philippus, the Caminides, and all of these young blokes that that Owens and that that are 18, 19, and he's pumped 115 games into them or more, 120 odd games into them now. This okay. this year, so spread across those young kids, he got 100, 120. So yep. he averaged four or five kids a week. Exactly, and the, and so what he's saying is, all right, I, I this is the team we've got. But this is the nucleus of what five years' time is going to be. Win Hager and, um, you know, Malira, these sort of players. He's saying they're good enough. That's the, the nucleus that we're going to build around. So if you're not in that nucleus, then you're tradable or dumpable or we'll hang on to you for a couple of years, but you're not our ticket to the next grand final. So someone asked me during the week with Ross Lyon, is Ross in for a three-year crash bash and win a flag or is he in for the long haul of a five- to eight-year stretch to to really build a list and, and build a dynasty? Well, I think, what do you think? I think that putting those, those games into those five teenagers tells me he's in for the long ride. Which is very... Which is n- not Ross not, Lyon-like. So maybe he's learnt something maybe. being second at grand finals. He says he's learnt a bit and... like. There was a period through the second half of the season where they they played some awful football. Lost a couple of games they should have won. Just beat it, the bottom two teams. Just. But then they found it started to get it back together as it come to finals. So you've got to say it's a pass mark. Okay. Switching hats to the Giants coach, Adam Kingsley. What 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 are you where at your with his season for what he's done with his Giants? I know that they've got they're not done yet. But we've got to give them a bit of credit, I think, for being where they're at. Well, I think you have to. What they are, though, is they've turned from a, a team of stars, which we've said ever since they're in, they're, they started as a football team, they were a team of champions. And they played that way. They played with blasé. They had no guts and determination. What he's done is he's changed that that dynamic in amongst the team. He's changed their mental thinking. They now play good, hard football. They tackle ferociously. They run ferociously. They are not a team of individuals. He's done an outstanding job, absolute outstanding job. And in my mind, he has to be coach of the year from what he's done, especially if he wins tonight or tomorrow night. um, How can you not give him coach of the year? When you think back to round six, seven, eight to ten, they were getting beaten easy, looked like they were going to be bottom four. And then he got them started. They started to understand what he wanted. They started to play to what he wanted. And all the individuals turned into a team. Terrific. Well, I have to agree, as long as we don't have to play this song. Ah, sure, that's a bit of a disaster. If we have to play this song, then we're in trouble. All right, the last game, which was Saturday night, and I saw bits and pieces of this one as well. I didn't get to see it all. I did get to see some highlights from uh, the great Joey Danaher, but it was Brisbane Lions and Port Adelaide two massive clubs for this year that have both done some extraordinary things. Lions, of course, own the Gabba and haven't lost there for a long while. And Port, 13 wins in a row, up to round 17. So when Sydney kicked into gear, Port lost that game and, and struggled a bit of form with since and missing a few. But it was 19, nine, 19 goals, 9 points, 123 and 48-point winners over Port Adelaide, 11 goals, 9.75. Now, 
The Lions jumped out to a 20 or so, 30-point lead there almost uh, early in the game. And I thought, yeah, this could be over here. And then Port kicked back and got in front. And I thought, okay, we're, we're, this could be interesting. And then Lions said, no, 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 no. You've, you've had your go. It's, it's our show now. Look, I thought Brisbane were outstanding. They Early on, they had all the play but couldn't kick the goals. Like, if you look at that first quarter, uh, they missed so many easy ones. Danaher missed a few. All of, all of their forwards missed easy shots of goal. And that kept Port still there. Okay, then the second quarter, Brisbane did get a bit going and then Port came back. Then Port made a tactical sub. All right, they brought, I don't know who they brought off, and they brought their sub on. The next thing, they had three injuries, almost bang, bang, bang. All right, so... Then they were down to one, one and a half onto the bench. And it, once that happened, Brisbane just kept going and there was no way that Port were going to come back from it. it. It does bring that sub into question of like that player is now useless. I, I hate the sub rule. I think it's the most ridiculous thing that there is in football. You I have hate mer- to be classed as a player where you're, you're going to be sub this week. Well, you have emergencies, okay? Yeah. Before the game, you've got your four emergencies listed. When we read out the call sheet, they're, they're sitting there that, that Joe Bloggs is, is an emergency. Then he, get, he gets told, oh, you're the sub. So you're not really emergency, but guess what? You're going to be doing laps after the game. Yeah. What I would much rather see is go to five on the bench. Because what are Port going to do then? They don't have a sub. They've already got the sub but they've still got that guy there for the rest of the game. Yes, they've got their three injuries, yeah. but they've got an extra guy on the bench already. So they've already got their sub in play to use him as they see fit. Yeah, and then they're going to say, oh, but what if we get an injury? We're down a player on the bench. We're down two players on the bench. We need an extra player. We want a but sub. The AFL will do that probably at some point. Like a, a history, it was 18 players, two on the bench. Then we went to three on the bench and... Then we've got a sub as well, uh, whatever. Why do we need extra players? That's what's one of the problems with the game is that there's yeah, too much run, there's too much carry. Don't carry, don't increase the, the, the rotations, so the 75 rotations for a game. Leave that the same. Oh, I think that should be reduced. That's you could even reduce that further if you want. I'd like to see that reduced or, to 50. Yeah, but then you, what happens then? you just got tired players out in the yeah, ground. Yeah, and that changes the game to where... I to think that cre- that creates more injury and more concussion and more problems because well, they're no, more fatigued. Because, yes, they're more fatigued, which means the ball moves slower so the, the players crashing into each other are not. It's like you take a guy, he's been playing for 15 minutes, goes off and has five minutes break, comes back on fresh, feeling like a million dollars, he can just run through anybody. So you, by having the subs, you're creating more crash and bash. Okay. Well, the person that did crash and bash a little bit and took a few marks was Joey Danaher. I thought he, he, he looked grim early when he missed those couple. I thought, oh, is this going to be a bad day for Joe? But, but five goals won, 16 touches, and he even had a clearance. Must, oh. have, must have tripped on that one. <laughs> oh, no, I thought he stood up nicely. Well done, big fella. And uh, you know, he's, he's certainly got his... Knockers, his detractors come in there pretty thick and fast, but he's had a pretty good season. Some good goal kickers for Brisbane. Raynard with three. Young Jasper Trippy. Fletcher. Some of those goals Raynard did, one was a bomb from outside. 
Uh, young Jasper Fletcher, three goals. Yeah. 16 touches, got three goals. Got early too, got yep. too early. And the, uh, Country Road, Charlie Cameron, two goals, one, 11 disposals. And just a serial pest in around there. But my best on ground is, is the guy on the port team. Mm. And it's the guy who beat Harris Andrews. His young Ollie Lord. Did okay. Four yeah. goals, one. Only had seven disposals. Yeah, he didn't win the game for him, But... He's only a kid, and in a final, he's gone up against, in my opinion, the All-Australian fullback. And well, you can't call him a fullback. He plays centre-half-back. He still plays fullback. He still plays on the biggest defend, biggest guy each week. He's still centre-half-back, and he runs out. And he, he, If he actually went out and chased the ball and tried to mark it or whatever else, that you know, he does a lot of good punches and whatever. But if he went out and took those marks... He'd be far more influential. Well, I just thought Ollie Lord did a good job against him. Yeah, it was him. good. Yep. And, and Charlie Dixon back this week. And nobody's beaten Harris Andrews, I think they said, for about 13 weeks. Mm. So he's won every one-on-one contest with them. He's kept them basically goalless or one goal. You know, he's, mm. he's won the contest. But he wasn't good enough to get in the All-Australian team? But he wasn't good enough. Well, I said that was rigged when it all happened. I don't know if you were listening to that one. We yeah. never got your opinion on the All-Australian team because you were off holidaying around the world. I was catching crabs. Yeah, so you missed your vote. I was trying to catch crabs, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, good game to Brisbane, though. They did what was required to get himself because I guess Brisbane have got had the point where they had that game at the Gabba, a tough game against Port. They lose it. They're travelling to Melbourne this week. They win it. Then they don't let enter Melbourne again till grand final day if they're good enough. Well, So now they'll play the winner of the... No, they would have stayed at home and they would have played the Giants at home this week. Yeah, this week, but then they would have had to yeah. travel for a prelim final. Yes. So now that they, they, they've got the week off, and they still play at the Gabba, and they'll play the winner of tonight's game, I believe. No. Yeah, tonight's game they'll play the winner of Melbourne Carlton. Yep, and it's on Saturday night next week, which is a mm-hmm. bit of a, a topic there that came up during the week, is that the tonight's game plays the Saturday, tomorrow night's game plays on the Friday night, so it's only a six-day break to which is a bit un. why swap them around uh, talk from the powers to be was that they try and get each team home eat that night that's what they're trying to do in the finals is to get whoever plays home in their own beds at the end of that night yeah but Port Adelaide and Giants what, <coughs> what, how, what difference does that make well Giants got a bit of a trip to get back to Sydney right yeah. So they play tomorrow night, and then and then they've got it. They they won't be able to get out of Port Adelaide tomorrow because the airport's shut by nine o'clock. So they can't get out till the following day. So then they've only got five days, and they're all in that fifth day. They're in Melbourne, playing. Uh, they're in Brisbane playing against Brisbane, or Which, whichever way. Yeah. No, they're in they're in Melbourne playing against Collingwood. So they've got they'll well, have virtually a, no training it's session. 30, it's a thirty minute flight from Sydney, so. Whatever it takes you an hour by the time you get in on and get off to fly where from Sydney to Melbourne, yeah. But they're not going to Melbourne, they're giants, they're from Canberra and Sydney, yeah. They're coming from Sydney to Melbourne, and it takes more than that. No, it's an hour's flight, and another we've got to get to the airport, you got to do all that yeah. stuff. It's a you know, it's a big mission to, to fly anywhere these days to get through security, do all that stuff. Well, I don't think this players would have too much hassle with that. Oh, well, maybe they just back up the, the bus and they just get straight off the bus onto the plane, you reckon? <laughs> but that leads us to be two big games this week, and then we've got those winners meeting 
Collingwood and Brisbane in the prelim final. So is that the best two teams of the year that have already made the prelim final? Are they, they the two teams that have stood out? I know Collingwood, but a Brisbane at that level where we would say, yes, they belong at an instant prelim final? The question marks were floating around Brisbane early in the season when they were unable to win away. But in the second half of the year, Brisbane have been able to win away. They won to, went to Perth and won. They've been to Melbourne and won. They've been to Sydney and won. So Brisbane have sort of answered those critics, which Stats, who's not here, of course, uh, he had that knock against Brisbane over the last few years, and he's been correct. The thing is, this year, Brisbane, have they cured that issue? They have been able to win out home, away from home. So, uh, I don't know, Melbourne, I thought Melbourne were up there. Through that 13-week period of Port winning, yeah, they were up there too. But then they hit a wall and crashed and they're probably going to go out in straight sets. Giants, I would be tipping Giants tonight. Well, Well, you can tip Giants tonight, but they're not playing. Tomorrow night, I'd be tipping Giants. Yeah, I'm not. Giants are the only team of, like, the teams that are left. Uh, the bonus, bonus, you know, what, what thing's going to win? Uh, no, nothing on the Giants. No, well, um, you might have to change that. Not on the Giants at all. So, anyway, let's jump to a sponsor's break. On the other side of that, we will see what topics Bridges has got for us because Stats is not here. So, Bridges is going to have to come up with something and we can see the little wheels cranking across his head there. But he will come up with something for us to have a chat before we get into preliming tonight's games, before we jump to our NRS coverage. We've got a few games this week. Bridges will tell us all about those. We've also got some AFLW as well on for the 1FM. You're live and local here on 1FM. Brought to you, of course, my opening bounce by Pat and Tina's, the BP service station up the north end of Shepparton. Pat and Tina's BP service station, North Shepparton, has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet, and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP service station. GB Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. And welcome back to the AFL opening bounce. And Bridges does have something interesting for us to talk about. And I'm pretty pretty impressed, Bridges. You've brought something to the table without needing one of Stats' trees to read it off. Oh, uh, look, I don't want to cut into um, Stats' tree. Like, that's his job. He... he he does, he does it good, and we don't normally yeah. ever have to do topics, but you, uh, you've he, come up he with one. He normally comes up with all the big ones. But one topic I have got is the MCG surface. All right, I had a big game on Thursday night last week. I had a huge game on Friday night last week. And I had a huge game on Saturday afternoon. In some of those, there was a bit of rain. The Saints game started off with rain before the bounce. It had rain through the game. And the surface was outstanding. I think the AFL or the Melbourne Cricket Ground have to be complimented on the condition that the ground, under that heavier traffic, they were big games, a lot of people on the field, a lot of, you know, whatever, and the ground was superb. So congratulations to the MCC who obviously look after the ground. The only thing I would say is I don't like the way that the ground doesn't get 100,000 people in there why why don't why don't we get a hundred thousand people? They say it's a sellout. That nobody could get tickets. Are you giving a a goodness or are you baking? I finished the good. I finished the good. The good. The MCG. The ground surface was fantastic. Now I want to know. Your why cup of coffee is half is half empty, isn't it? Oh, 
why don't we get a full ground? Your cup of coffee is just fully half. In fact, it's only got about 10% in your cup of coffee, I reckon. It's 90%. Nah, I've got a good sip of coffee. Now, what can I bag? I don't, I don't drink coffee, so mine's never, never got anything in it. <laughs> uh, but you've got to, it has to be a question asked, and why is there not an answer? If it's not, if it's AFL members that don't turn up, or if it's MCC yeah, we, members, you've spoke about this three or four know, times. Move on, Bridges. No one's listening why, to you. Why can't they find a, a solution? It has to be a solution out there. Oh, they should have to uh, sign for their seats the same as everybody else. Right, but then if they don't sign for a seat, then the the seat obviously sits empty. Yeah, but if they sign for the seat, then they've gone online to Ticketmaster and they've got their ticket, and and they've got, and then if they don't turn up, they don't turn up. But they've had to take that ticket. They can't just have an open-ended, we're going to leave it for this many people. There's 30,000 MCC members. We're going to allow any of them to walk in if they choose to. That's the issue. Is If they choose to, yes, it's full. If they choose not to, it's, it's empty. Because they haven't said by Wednesday or Thursday, yes, I'm going or no, I'm not. And if by Thursday, they oh, there's only 20,000 of the MCC that have said they're coming. Great. We've got 10,000 seats to sell. Bang, they go up for sale. Right, but well then why don't they? Because they don't want you to go into the MCC unless you're an MCC member because you've got to follow all those rules. Yeah, well... you got to dress like it, you got like to do that. Take both of those big games last week. There was eight, ten thousand 10,000 people couldn't turn up, didn't turn up because... Yet they, they were, were sellouts. Open. Yet they were sellouts. Yeah, I, I did, don't disagree with that, but... Now on the positive of that, the Saints game had... You've got another positive. 70... 70 2,000 or whatever people there. You know, the biggest crowd between St Kilda and Giants in that before that was 21,000. How many cardboard cutouts did they bring from Canberra? Oh, so that's a pretty good crowd. Oh, it was 90% Saints. Yep. They cried all the way out the door and everybody was saying, next year we'll get them, next year we'll get them. Well, that's uh, a good But that's positive. a pretty good crowd, Seventy over 70,000. Okay. Uh, now, Saints, speaking of Saints, at the end of the, the day, the Saints went, well, okay, we've lost... Hey, boys, who's got a niggle? Who's got this? We're going to have a big preseason, and I don't want you to wait until January before you tell me you're sore. So they put eight Saints under the knife. Eight. Eight Saints went straight under the knife. So you got Jack Steele went with an ankle. Max King obviously has got to have his shoulder recode again, and they'll they'll do that pretty solidly. Brad Crouch, I think some of them are just touch-ups, but still got to go under the knife to do it. Brad Crouch, knee. Jack Hayes, his knee. Dougal Howard's got a finger. James Van E's ankle, and he's a kid I want to see play. He he is going to be a good well, he, footballer. He but didn't get delisted, so that's no, really he didn't. But he's his first year, he just didn't make the team, and he got injured two or three times in the VFL, and maybe his body wasn't quite right yet. But a good good intercept defender, Mason Wood shoulder, Dan Butler ankle. So some of the starting players to. Like that's six of your starting players are all going under. So maybe they were also a little bit sore during the week, mm-hmm. uh, during the, this carrying through the season and didn't quite make it to the end. But just interesting that, you know, straight away, okay, boys, R- Ross says you, you're not having a month off before you work on things. If you want your month off, you do it out in your rehab. <laughs> we are playing football next year. That's the message that that s- sends to me is that, I want a pre-season out of you guys, and if you've got a niggles and you've got this and you've got that, right, here's the doctor, go see him, and pre-season starts in six weeks. Six weeks, And right. so you've got that much time to get your body healed, 
because I'm going to torture the hell out of you for three I, months. I know this is one of the issues that the grand finalists have each year is they get through to a grand final and they have these niggles. And so, you know, if you take a, this year a Richmond, say, for instance, didn't make the finals, they will have a month where they're already back and, and almost running again and the Collingwoods and whatever haven't even finished their season. It'd be the first time Richmond's been able to do that for quite a long time. Yep. But you can see the, the disadvantage it has where you go deep into the finals because you have a shorted period to catch fix these well, There's things. quite a few Richmond players that aren't going to be doing pre-season. That have been delisted. That was the next question we have is there's a number of clubs already delisted players. Yeah, look, I won't go through the list now, but I do have it here with it. And if you ask me any questions, I can can answer who's who's gone, Bridges. But I th- I think there's a lot more coming still. Yeah, that's, that's like pretty fair. Port Adelaide have already announced that the John the Jonas is retired, so they're still playing. But yet they've the captain's done injured himself the other day, and that's it. He's not going to get a chance at that Boke, grand I final. Stand is finished as well. Yeah, but Boke's still alive, still so alive, they so haven't they haven't buried him yet. Yeah, <laughs> but but, but I believe he will be be done. And if he does play on, he's well, going to be. Let's ignore those that are still in the that are still alive. Okay, right, go back to. Okay, the first oh, one. Adelaide, uh, Fisher McCasey, he retired at the start of the year. Uh, just didn't like football. He was a top three draft pick, I think, and was a good-looking defender. Was going to go through, but didn't handle football and, oh. and and quit and retired early. Paul Seedsman has retired. Concussion. Yeah, and, and his best football was, was played before he got to, to Adelaide. He did really. play some good football there, yep. two, what, two years ago? Uh, then we've got Brisbane, Carlton, Collingwood, nobody. Uh, there you go. Collingwood like their players. An interesting other team that likes their players. If, I'll, I'll get to that one in a minute. Essendon, they got rid of half of them. <laughs> right. That'd be an interesting list. Actually, it's not really. Uh, th- they've got rid of youth that never really played. So they've obviously Scott's gone. You guys aren't part of the bit. Alistair Lord, Kane McBride, Rhett Montgomery, Anthony Mancara. And Andrew Phillips has retired. He so retired. That's his choice. He yep. wants to go back to the family. And Tip and Woody has retired again. Yes. Well, he, he just he, he's like Tom Brady. He just uh, you got a spot in your roster. Yeah. All right. I'll play again. But I'm not doing preseason. Oh, no, I'm no. not doing preseason. I'm this size, and I, if you want me, I'll, I'll kick that ball really good. But I'm I'm doing. He played what I'm doing. a few games this year, but he really didn't have his best season. He was there as a backup. Mm. That's he was there as. You just stay fit enough to, if we need a, another small forward, can you do the job for us in injury? And he did that. So they've gone a bit of a, a clean out of youth and gone, you're not up to it, so we'll, we'll go to the draft. Right. And yeah, that's, that's fairly big. None of those names are, are surprising. They didn't really play, yep. Fremantle got rid of Eric Benry, Collier, Nathan Wilson delisted. So and that's, that's quite big. He, yeah, he just couldn't get a run though. I think whenever he did play, he was quite. He, he scored super coach scores and that were good, but he just couldn't get on the park. They were too good. Geelong, Geelong had a massive clean out, and I think a lot of some of these have got to play on elsewhere. And and this is the the topic I guess we bring up is should you be delisting players now? They haven't had trade period yet. Uh, don't they have to? They have to have a minimum of three that they have to pick up in the draft, but the trade period comes before the draft. No, they don't have to, have, they don't have to pick up anyone in the draft. They have to delist at least three. 
So they have to cut their list by at least three. So, you know, it's a good old fantasy football. You've got to cut by three. You can trade them in. You can do whatever you want to to do to, to get rid of them. But it. you've got to drop three to go through. So they've dropped some big names. In fact, I'm, to be honest, reading this, I'm shocked. Meningola, okay? Parfit. Well, John Segler retired. Okay, yes, can accept that. Prone, yes. Isaac Smith retired. Yes. 150 years old, but still an absolute star. I think that might be his choice. I, I, I couldn't so. imagine you you could see the him out. on the wall that he was losing that pace that he had. And he either had to go to the forward pocket or retire. But the big one, Sam Manangola. Yes, so I think he could get a run somewhere else. Absolutely. Sam Simpson. Now, yeah, Sam no. Simpson was one that was going to be their next engine room in, the, mm. in their midfield, and they've delisted him. I don't think he was quite big enough for what they were after. Well, now he's nothing. And he was a bit injury prone as well. You can sell that. Yes. You you, you could have sold as that. As he matures, those niggly injuries should improve. He should get over that. So you delist him now, you get nothing <coughs> for him. Someone picks him up in the draft, which they will. You would think somebody would because he did look okay. So why wouldn't you try and sell him for a fourth or fourth round pick or something? Yeah, anything. Part of a trade. Part of it, yep. Yeah, I want this guy. So we're, they're obviously going to be chasing a Ruckman. Yes. So definitely. that might someone might need a midfielder. They might need two midfielders, Manangola and Simpson. Here you go. I'll give you those two and a first-round pick, and you give me a top Ruckman. Give, give me a Brody Grundy. Grundy. Yeah, give me Brody Grundy. Okay, but a team that's perfect, doesn't need any change whatsoever, mm. is Gold Coast. They don't need anybody. They no, haven't dropped anybody. Haven't dropped anybody. Haven't delisted anyone. Done nothing. We're we're good. We're we're, we're just sitting on our cards. Oh, on their performance this year, I can quite understand how stupid that sounds. Though <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the reality is that uh, they haven't got around to it. No, I think that Hardwick's probably got them. Actually, he's going through tape and he's going through. Who do I want? Who fits my my mould? He obviously can't put them through training because they're all at the pub and having their mad Mondays. Yes. And pre-season's not going to show him enough in time to do the delisting. So he's got to be looking back through their history, maybe looking through their NEFL games as well. Yeah, and maybe looking at their, their, what the doctors say about them, what their tank's like, how... Yep. Yep. And then he's going to so come back. he just back. hasn't made a decision. I think he hasn't made a decision, yep. He did come out through the week and say that Dusty is staying at Richmond. Max Lynch retired from Hawthorne. So now they traded fairly heavily off Collingwood to get him. Yeah, I think he's another concussion. Okay. Casualty. Right. Uh, Hibbard from, has retired from Melbourne, North Melbourne. We know... They've th- dropped a few too, haven't they? No, they've dropped nobody yet. They've just retired Cunnington, Aaron Hall and Jack Siebel. Right. <coughs> Aaron Hall, I would say, is a my body's just not quite coping with it because he's a star and he's not that old. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, they've also got rid of their assistant coaches as well. Yeah, you don't want to be a coach there now. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think when Ratton's walked out, and I think when Clarkson went away, maybe he was having a bit of arguments in with his coaches and <laughs> and said, "Look, you boys do what you want for a while. I'm going away. When I come back, we're, we're going to have some serious discussions." <laughs> and the dis- serious discussion is, you're out the door. Mate. Yeah, here's, here's your pay slip. See you later. And we'll, we'll see what North does. There's still there's talk about them getting a. a, a Bonus picks still and things. Yeah, we'll no, maybe know more about that maybe next week. Saunders or Sanders or whatever it is, he's a Tasmanian kid who 
is part of their academy, but he still may not want to go to North. He may still nominate for the draft. He's in their academy. He can still nominate for the draft, apparently, so his father says. He may not want to go to North is the issue. Mm. Oh, then nobody wants him then. Uh, yeah, you don't want to go where you're told. They're bad luck. We don't trust you. Uh, Richmond, they did delist a few, which is nothing it really. They were mostly retirements and their premiership players that have decided that time's time. Castagna, Cochin, Rewalt and Robbie Tarrant all retired. And the only one they delisted was Callan Bradkey, one of their ruckmen. And I think they figured that they don't need another ruckman now that they've got Samson. Soldo, Samson. And, and Nankervis has still got a bit left in the tank, so ruck's not their issue for a while. I believe they've also sent Morris Rioli out with a, a bee in his bonnet that if he wants to play games, he better come back fit. And apparently he's going for a big summer of fitness to come back in to give himself the best opportunity to play seniors. Right, okay. Well, trade, we'll get trade talk another week, so the never know. He's maybe. not going to come up in that. No? Well, you reckon they seriously want they him? They want him. They, Richmond want him, but they want him back fit and okay. healthy and on top of the ground, not under the ground. Now, Saints, okay. Uh, Oscar Adams, yep, never really got a game. Leo Conley, never got a game. Jack Perris, never got a game. But Jack, one. Jack Bytel. Uh, he hasn't yeah. played many games, though. No, but he looked like he could be a footballer. When he first he, started, but he never came he'd on. He'd only be 22, 23 now, mm. so he's, he just never got a crack. And he I wasn't injury prone. Might be nine games or 20 games or something like that. He never played many. No, he could be, he, he's a trade bait. He may get picked up somewhere else. Yeah, but, but there was, you're right. There was a fair bit of talk about the fact that he's, you know, it looks like he's got the potential, or whatever, but was never quite good enough to get in their senior team. Sydney have—they're uh, definitely chasing a ruckman because Hickey's retired. Uh, well, when he finishes, he's already announced it. Lance Franklin's out, and Paddy McCartan's unfortunately concussions seen his football days finish. West Coast have got rid of some of the old soldiers that really leave a hole, and well, I guess if you, you're going to. Do a rebuild. You can't do a rebuild with guys that are towards 40 years old in your no. team. Luke Foley, young guy, been delisted. Shannon Hearn, Nick Natanui, and Luke Shuey all retire. So I think they'll have another half a dozen there yet. Oh, if they will be trying to trade as much as they can first. Mm, uh, I, I, a lot of their list doesn't have any currency. Brass wants out. No, he's re-signed. He's happy to stay there, apparently, because Sydney were chasing him big time, and now he's apparently happy to stay there. When did that come out? Over the last month. Yeah, and since then, there's talk of him looking to move. Well, I don't know. As far as I've heard, no, he wants to stay. And the Bulldogs, they've got they've got a few. Josh Bruce has retired. Body's just let him down, unfortunately. Yeah, two knee reconstructions. Mitch Hannon delisted. Robbie McComb delisted. Now, that's one of Beveridge's... Uh, is Chuklotto guys. Yes. So, damn, he must have burnt his Chuklotto ticket or something. <laughs> uh, Beveridge played him in a lot of games where there's others should have been played, and now they delist him. Mm. So that comes to the coach, hey, you're playing these guys that aren't AFL level uh, over others that are. Tim O'Brien been delisted. Which Too is many a, injuries, came from Hawthorne. Yeah, but I still think you want him on your list. Cut his pay, bring him on the list. I don't think he was getting much to start with. 
Well, then like keep I say, him. Hawthorne, oh, he got, came from Hawthorne. And young Cody nothing. Rack there. And, of course, Jordan Sweet says, I'm out the door. The Bulldogs still want to sign him. They yeah. want him as a backup ruckman. Well, the talk was that English was going to go home to West Australia or whatever. He's a West Australian. He's got a year left on his contract, English. And, well, look, if you're English and you're a footballer, can you possibly want to leave where you've got tapped down to the Bont, Libba, McRae, find a better midfield in the competition to be tapping the ball down to? Well, the, the midfield, yes, but do they have enough around them? You know, that, it's that's an not over- the issue. It's an he, he's a ruckman. Loose, obviously. He, his job's to get the ball down and watch the ball disappear from his feet. With Libba doing that, yeah, you feel pretty good about that. But it's obviously an overrated list, Bulldogs. I don't think it's overrated. I, I think it's poorly coached. It's just, that's my opinion, is I don't think that they're good at that beverage. He got lucky with a flag, and what's he done since then? Uh, miserable. Made he a couple did, of finals. He did make another grand final, but then got absolutely pumped in that. He doesn't adjust on the fly. He's, he sets him in, and he, he does his chuklado at the start of the week, and that's it. This is what we're doing. It works, it works. If not, um, sorry. We miss finals. Well, we miss finals. We lose to West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Lose to West Coast, like, come on, you can't do that. All right, we jump to our last sponsors break. On the other side of that, we're going to preview two big games of football that are going to happen this week, and Bridges will tell us about our NRS coverage that we've got for the weekend as well. You're listening to the AFL Opening Bounce, brought to you by Patentina's, the BP service station up the north end of Shepparton. Patentina's BP service station, North Shepparton, has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile the old-fashioned way supplier of bp ultimate fuels they will wash your windows check under your bonnet and even do your tires while you wait next time you're filling up do it at pat and tina's bp service station gb highway north shepparton one of them sponsor and welcome back to the afl opening bounce we are heading towards that one day in september it is 30th of september is the big dance Make sure you organise your grand final parties and everything like that from there because that's when it all happens this year. Before that, we've got two weeks of football that get to us. Bridges, tell me about our NRS coverage here live and local on 1FM for this weekend, please. NRS coverage is the game tonight. Uh, Melbourne Carlton. Callers, Ron Rogers and Chris Johnson are in there. Nice. And the expert commentator is Josh Carter. The Saturday game, Port Adelaide Giants is caller as Barry Denyer and Andrew Cracker. All right, with Chris, expert commentators Chris Egan. Yep. Very good. And on the Sunday, we've got a ladies game, and it's Collingwood versus the Suns. The Suns went up to West Coast what, and What time them. is that one? That is at 3 o'clock to 5.30 at Victoria Park. And the callers are Ron Rogers and Sam Duncan. Expert commentator is Andrew Cracker. And that will be a good game of football because I don't think Collingwood have lost and I'm sure the Suns, they, they lost one, but they pumped the West Coast over there. It's so good to see the, West Coast consistent across all well, forms. Well, they come out and they said, this is just not acceptable, West Coast. They said, we cannot lose by 70 or so points, yet their seniors lost by 100 points or more regularly. And it was okay. Well, that's, yeah, maybe it's the judging that points are worth more or something. I don't know. But, yeah, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? It's okay for our seniors to have an average losing margin of 90 points, but, hey, you ladies, you, we expect you to win. We expect better than that, yep. 
Oh, and it's good to have expectations. I'll give that. Maybe their list is in a different mould too, Bridges. Oh, I've been in the league for four years now, and I just so, so they're, they're thinking their list should be in a spot where it's it's challenging, and it's not. Well, that's all true. right. So tonight's game, we obviously will be going to very shortly, but in the meantime, we're going to jump across to the Port Adelaide Giants game and talk about that one first. So the ins and outs for that one. Dylan Williams is omitted. Jeremy Finlayson has been omitted. Charlie Dixon comes in for the Port Power, which is a massive in because I think that they really do need him. And what I think one of the big ones is interesting there is Finlayson got dropped instead of Ollie Lord. Beat Aris Andrews Bridges and you get to play again next week. You do, but Finlayson has been poor the last five or six weeks. Well, yes, but he's that normally... he was He's the second ruck and... That's right. And normally that in the, throughout the year, Ollie Lord's only been the fill-in guy. Mm. And now he's been given the chance. So, oh, he kicked four in a, in a losing side and looked marvellous. And it was a laid out last week, which thought was going to help the Saints, but all it did was, was <laughs> seem to prop up the, the Giants. He, Coniglio comes into the Giants' side... Nick Haynes was the sub. He'll be the sub again next week. He's, he's prof- the professional prof- sub. That's right. And he's giving them something when he comes on. So that's fine. Xavier O'Halloran has been omitted to make way for Coniglio. Daniel Lloyd plays his 100th game. And I did have the odds, but they disappeared on me, he Bridges. He will be so. retiring at the end of the season, Daniel Lloyd. And he was pretty good last week. And Coniglio got a ball kicked into his face. And it, he had blurred vision and... So it was a so Port a dollar sixty five Giants two dollars twenty and the line on that one is eight and a half points negative eight and a half points to Port Adelaide so Port the fa- are the favourites and with Dixon coming back in so just I give those just the dollar sixty five and two twenty so mm. just slight slight favourites to Port Adelaide and not well, that the money they did really play the Giants there the last game of the season was it and won by 41 points and done it easy. But I think the Giants had a couple out that night as well. So they've got them back in. They have no injuries on their on their list, apparently, Giants, uh, whereas the Port do, all right? They're full forward. Um, you know, he's been injured in and out, and Charlie Dixon's been injured in and out. This is his first game for how many weeks? Uh, so I, I'm not on Port. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Giants. I think the Giants are going to go over there, and their pressure will... Eat Port Alive. I know Port around the bottom of the pack are very good, but they don't have a decent ruckman. That is an issue that Port have, whereas the Giants have a ruckman in Kieran Briggs who stands up very nicely. So the rucks Lysett, he did some good things last week, Lysett, by the way. He was okay. Uh, you know, Ollie Wines, he had a poor week last week. Is he carrying some major injury? Because I think he's had a very poor season at times this year, Ollie Wines. Is his role, is, is it a change of role that's seen him doing it with Butters and, and Rosie now being the guns? No, he just doesn't seem to have that bullish race through and the strength he has, he's just not using it. So I'm not sure. Uh, but he hasn't had a great season and so I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see him dropped after last week, by the way. Uh, I go to the midfield. Todd Marshall was another one that he's got a bad knee and he came off halfway through last week and yet he's playing again. Uh, Willie Rioli doesn't do enough for him. Jed McIntyre's not quite up to it. Travis Boak, he's in the team this week. Well, you know, he, he didn't do much when he came on as a sub last week. Uh, William Drew's okay. Zach Butters is great. Ryan Burton did well last week. Trent McKenzie, he's another one that was supposedly injured, yet he's playing. 
Miles Bergman, not quite up to it. So I'm not on the port. I just don't see it. Whereas I'm looking across to the Giants. Buckley was great last week. Sam Taylor didn't have a, an outstanding day. But King didn't kick a heap of goals either. Only got three. Connor, you done. He was okay. He did some nice things. Lockie Ash was terrific. Harry Himmelberg was solid. Very solid. Lockie Whitfield was okay. No problem there. Tom Green was outstanding. Josh Kelly on the wing was a marvel. His run was out. No, they couldn't stop him. Nobody, they could. Toby Bedford. Yeah, have a look at that guy. He is ripped. He's got terrific muscle. He's put it on since he's gone to the Giants. He kicks a real long ball. So did he make a difference from them having him in last week? Absolutely. So Saints would have liked that suspension to have held up. They probably did, but it didn't happen. So that's the I, I was happy that he got off. I, I didn't think what he did was worth worth a week. I, I didn't think so much either, but he, he was pretty good. Jake Riccardi, he's one that came in, looked okay, and then faded for 18 months or so. But, gee, I, I, last week there was no problem with him. He knew where the goals were. He knows how to take a, a mark. Brett Daniels, he's a fellow that's jumped out of the, out of the sewer. Like, he, he's had a terrific year. He has to be right up there in their... I know he's missed a couple of games, but he has to be up there in their, their best and fairest. Lloyd, another one. Going to retire at the end of the year. Terrific. Jesse Hogan. Fades in and out of the game a bit, but he's a solid man. He takes a good mark. He kicks sta- pretty accurately. Got a bit of consistency later in the year with his with his game and his issue over the years has always been how many games do you keep is he on the park for the for the year and he's been pretty consistent well i think he's buying into what the coach is spitting out that's where i think the difference is he's he knows his role now and he looks comfortable at what it where he's at cleveland back in a week off won't hurt him he'll be fine so the giants to me their team looks good on paper there's faults over at the Adelaide side. There's injuries there. They're carrying whatever else. Game styles. Port last week had no game style against Brisbane. They were, they were ruled. Absolutely. Giants over the last... They've lost, what, once in the last eight or nine weeks. That's pretty good form going into a semi-final. Um, I'm not sure who you're picking. Who are you picking? I'm going Giants. Look, last week, Port, they won most of the KPIs against Brisbane, but they couldn't win the scoreboard. They shut Lockie Neal down entirely and still ended up negative 42 uh, from the, in their, their rebound part of football. So it was their worst, one of their season's worst results last week. Mm-hmm. But I think they can bounce back from that. Do you? They were playing up against in Brisbane against Brisbane. It's who, tough. Who were, in everyone's mind, the flat track bullies at home. It was a game they weren't expected Haven't to win. Haven't lost there this year. So they were not expected to win. They had a crack at it. They were there at quarter time and then Brisbane blew them out of the park. Yep, okay, fair enough. But now they have to come back to Adelaide. They've got the home crowd, so they've got their 19th man. It'll have 50,000, 52,000, whatever, max in. There's no empty seats going to be left in that house whatsoever. Well, one more thing that you may not be taking into account. Giants now have won at 11 different stadiums this year. Yeah, and? Port Adelaide haven't. Giants 11 different stadiums. That's pretty good effort. They've, they're 10 and, 10 and 2 Giants since round 13. Mm-hmm. So they've had a pretty successful bid. Port are much the same and won 13 games in a row. And Yeah, but what have they done since they fell off there in round, what, round 17? 
let me find yeah, Paul, that. You know, they would have lost more than they've won since round 17. Let me find the exact answer of that one out for you. Oh, will be interesting to see. I'm just going down, scrolling down the bottom of the list. Okay, we had, uh, going back to... Round, round 17, I think, was when they lost. When they lost that first game. Yeah. Yeah, well, they lost to Carlton round... No, they... Yeah, Carlton was the first loss. Uh, lost by 50 to Carlton, mm-hmm. which was big. Lost by two points to Collingwood in probably the game of the year. Yeah, pretty good match. Uh, yeah. It was an amazing game of football, that one. And so I don't think you take a loss out of that. It was it was pretty good. Then they lost to Adelaide with a thumping at home. So that one was demoralizing for them, 47 points. Yep. They lost to the Cats by 12. Down at the Cattery. And then they finished thumping the Giants by 51 points at home, Bridges. Yes. But at home. They did have a few out. They th- they, Giants went over to Adelaide mm. and only half the team went on the field. Right. They okay. got thumped. So they've got one win there in four. And then they finished, but then they beat Port, uh, beat Fremantle to finish off. In Freo, yeah. That in was Freo. Good. That was good. And then they beat Richmond to finish off. So they finished with three wins at the end. So they went into finals with momentum and got thumped by... The Lions, yeah, big deal. Move on. Um, I think that they can come up with the chocolates. I like. I think one of the big bits I like is Charlie Dixon coming back in. The, the forward use now has got... If Oli Lord stands up again, which is a bit doubtful because he's a young guy and they can be in and out, but they've got at least two targets there to, to go through. You've got Butters, Rosie, those sort of guys coming out of the middle. William Drew's doing well. Travis Boak's sitting there directing traffic rather than doing it now. So he doesn't need to be the man. He's just guiding him through everything. Lysette, game under his belt from last week, will do him good. He's gone up against Big Oscar Mack last week. So he's a, a solid tap ruckman, a bit like Briggs. So that'll help him. Ollie Wines, you're right, needs to he needs to have a big game if they're going to have an influence on it. And then you've got on the bench, you've got Dersma, Jason Horn-Francis. So there's some big names on the bench there as well that are, are playing good football. Alir Alir in the back line, Dan Houston. Uh, there's just as many stars on the Port team as there is the Giants team. The one big player you, you're banking a lot on is Charlie Dixon. Yeah, right? I am. But when he comes back from injury, it often takes him a couple of weeks to get going. I don't need him to kick six. I need him to bring the ball to ground to Sam Pepper, Powell, 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 Powell Pepper, Pepper uh, to Connor Rosie, to Butters coming through, to Willie Rioli. I need Dixon to bring the ball to ground. So okay. he's got to do that. If he brings the ball to ground, then that then gives a Port a chance to run, snap goals, get some momentum, go through. If, if he just gets outmarked by Himmelberg and Taylor, then, yeah, they're in awful trouble. Oh, and, oh, Sam Pelpep is one of my favourite players. I love the way he has a red-hot, solid crack at it. But they are under the pump from a solid back line. Lockie Ash last week, you know, a local boy, he had... I don't know, 25, 30 possessions. He was outstanding. That moustache, since he's grown his moustache, he's really grown another leg. Harry Himmelberg, Sam Taylor, like that back line of the Giants is very good, and I think they'll beat him. That's my theory. All right. Um, and uh, is that Stats Man I see in the studio over there? It is the Stats. Stats, get in here, mate. Come and get in here, Stats Man. He's arrived. He's Did doing he the NRA. He was down in Bendigo. Yep, apparently. yep. I don't know why he didn't come straight in the door. I looked across and I... I saw that mug over there and thought, geez, we better have a chat to him. So he'll come in and have a talk to us there and we can get his opinion on this. Come in, Statsman. We know you've had a, a busy time, so 
But I look across, and if you think you can hide over in the studio there, mate, that's not going to happen. Those fancy shirties he got on. You guys are doing an amazing job. Heard you coming home from <laughs> Bendigo, coming through uh, loud and clear uh, in the middle of Bendigo there in my car, and uh, you're doing a great job this evening. Thanks for filling in. Look, got a minor correction to make. Actually, on Sunday, we're at the prelim final in the Go Tafe Golden Valley League. So, unfortunately, we won't be taking that AFLW ah. game. But we will be taking AFLW throughout the course of their season. Who is playing on Sunday then? We have got on Sunday, of course, Kyabram taking on Euroa to have the right to play Echuca in the grand final. Echuca beat last week, Echuca won. Yeah, they beat uh, Echuca last week, beat uh, Euroa last week. Right, and Kyabram beat... Uh, I'm trying to think back now. You've just got me on the hop. pretty big game though. We were talking about it. Yeah. All right, so that's that Euroa so, Clabram will be. Yeah, you just play? got me on the hop. Just give, give me a second and I'll, I'll right. think it through. But uh, yeah. Well, we saw you there, Stats, so we threw, thought we'd throw you under the bus. Yeah. Who's going to win this one? Uh, out hang on, before, before, while we're on local footy, are uh, we doing any of the other finals, the Kingupna game in the Murray League? No, or? no, we're KDL tomorrow. KDL, so which is. So we've got a big day tomorrow of third, seconds, and seniors tomorrow. And go of course, Violet the Gambia Town. Lancaster in the grand final tomorrow. I'm cheering for Violet Town in the that third set. Lancaster grand final. Yep. Mm. Uh, Lancaster, I think, will win both seconds and seniors. Now, I want to make a correction again. Now, in the grand. F- now, last week, I was going to say last week. How I go? I've just lost my memory, boys. Oh, just give me a second. I've been give on the road. Second. That's yeah. Just give me two seconds to catch me breath. Just keep talking while I think about that. Right. GB. Well, situation. we want to finish this Port Giants game. What's your tip on that? Um, Port Adelaide for me. Port Adelaide. Right. There you go. See, Statsman agrees with with me. It's, it's uh, you're you're alone, Wolf Bridges. Well, I'm still on the Giants. Go though, Green Wave. Or purple, orange wave, whatever they call themselves. They're, they're orange bridges. It's an orange tsunami, you numbnut. Well, whatever. They were too good last week, and I think that will be this week. All right. Well, yeah, I'm on I'm on Port Adelaide. I think I'm going to go and buy 12 points. Uh, Giants by Now, scrap 22. what I said last week, and I can't believe that I had a faulty memory. My brain tumour plays up on me sometimes. Now, Yeroa beat Seymour last week and knocked Seymour out. Okay. Okay. Right. So your rower go on to the prelim, and I was there. So flashing and back so seven days. It's been, it's been a long week, so, lost and, to a chuka. And now you've just rolled my memory back out again. I'll need to come back and reload that. But uh, yeah, um, what'd you say there? It, it, it could beat Kyabram last week, and that's why Kyabram are playing your rower. Yep. Yep. The are going to take stopping in the GVL Grand Final. I yep, think that's right. Did they win last year's? Who's that? Achuka. In fact, Achuka, uh, of course, won in 2019. Uh, sorry, in 2021. Beg your pardon, Kai won in 2019. What I'm trying to say is Achuka made, uh, they've made the last three grand finals. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, big day for KDL tomorrow. So where's the KDL game at, Stats? At, at Marina. At Marina. At Marina. Yeah. So if you're around, get over there. There'll be good football. Uh, go Violet Town for the thirds. Go to Gamby. Obviously, I've played a bit at Violet Town this year, and so a lot of their focus was on those young guys who've got some good talent in that young list there. And the and most who are they playing? Who are Violet Town playing in the thirds? Uh, they're playing the Gamby. Yep. Okay. And that'll be a crackerjack game because Violet Town have won every game this season, but Nagambi's list, they've got 12 kids that played in their premiership last season. Right. So it, it's going to be an interesting game. And 
The Violet Town under-18s are really interesting because they're like a foreign legion. They've come in from everywhere, and as far as I can tell with my research, they're fir- most of them first-time players at the club. And a lot of them are local. And, and, and off the back of that too, Sydney, they didn't even have an under-18 side last year. And yet they're playing the grand, grand final. Grand final yep. undefeated. <laughs> so it, it's been an amazing journey for them. And then you've got Nagambi on the other hand, like I said, who won the grand final last year and have got 12 kids retained from that premiership. So mm. uh, Most of the Violet Town kids are also bottom age as well. So they will yep. be there next year. And... Uh, look, from being over there doing some training with Violet Town, I give the coaches credit. They were aware that their seniors were a, a developing list that was missing a lot of players and was not going to go very far. But their focus was all the juniors. They got the seniors to help the juniors, to train with the juniors, to, to work with that under-18s team, to bring them up another level again. And now they've got to crack at the grand final. So that and Lancaster haven't played against Lancaster and got thumped by 245 points in the seconds. I'm pretty sure that they're going to be good enough to win both those two games. Oh, Lancaster are mm-hmm. a juggernaut in the reserves as well. And Ended yep. out the season with a percentage of and about who they 1,620. Who's in the, who, Murchison to yeah, yeah. But, but What was their percentage stats? 1,620. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but in saying that, boys, there's a lot of players in the Murchison to Lamber lineup who played in the 2013 Premiership. I know they're older. And there's a couple of them, a smattering of them, that played in last year's senior grand final loss. But Lancaster have got three or four that played in that senior Premiership and they are playing reserves this season from last year as well. they've been pushed down by better coming in. Yeah, so it's interesting times. Unfortunately, I think if you looked at Murchison Talamba reserves on paper in any other year, they'd be winning the flag. Right. But they've ran into a real red-hot Lancaster. Mm. Okay, let's talk about tonight's game. Bridges, who are our commentators again? Our commentators are Ron Rogers and Chris Johnson. Expert commentator is Josh Carter. And it's Melbourne versus the Blues. It's fourth who lost to Collingwood in the qualifying final to Carlton, who took out Sydney to make their way through to the second week. And we've got some ins and outs in this one. Brayshaw, of course, is out with concussion. Will he get back for next week or the week after? Or will he get back at all? I wish him all the best. Bill Laurie was the sub last week, or Bailey Laurie. Jacob Van Ruins out suspended. And Michael Hibbert has been omitted. Adam Tomlinson, Charlie Spargo, James Jordan, Josh Shackey come in. Josh Shackey is the sub. And Grundy has been, is a cold, not playing. That's big, isn't it? A sub, though, that's two metres tall and barely gets a game. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Or is he there as a backup because Gorn's got a broken toe? Well, Shaky's not going to give you much out of the ruck. No, he can go in forward and kick a goal. Maybe or he can go defence or so. But uh, look, I'd be more would have more put say young Bill Laurie, Bailey Laurie, put a young bit of speed in there. Would be you're playing against Carlton, who have got a lot of fast runners. So for me, anyway, you'll break that down for me in a minute, Bridges. Across at the Blues, we've got Harry Mackay out injured, Jack Martin suspended. That makes room for Matthew Kennedy to come in. Oliver Hollands comes in as the sub, so he will be the sub this week. Whoever was the sub last week, he got listed straight onto the field. And the odds for it were $1.65. I just lost that one. No Silvani coming into that Carlton a, team. $1.65, Demons, two twenty the Blues. So exactly the same odds as the, the other game, Bridges. Two clear favourites, two clear second favourites. Hmm. Or seconds. 
Well, uh, it's going to be a ripper game, actually. Uh, Melbourne had a poor first half last week. They really didn't come to the party. They were overawed by the occasion, I'm sure. Collingwood jumped them. Now, Carlton did the same. And then Carlton were wound back. So Melbourne will be thinking, if we don't get off to a start, we can come back at this. The back line at Melbourne has not been its greatest it's ever been. I, I think over the last few years, I think it has been stronger. May, Tomlinson, you know, I, I think it has been better and, and been more cohesive together. I think sides have worked out, Sydney, that if you bomb it long, it's going to intercept Mark all day long. What Collingwood were really good at doing a couple of weeks ago was they're actually getting it inside 50, running the ball wide and low along the flank, and then they'd pull the trigger when they got it to about the 45-metre mark and go inboard into the hot spot. So sides have gotten better at keeping the ball lower inside the Melbourne defensive 50 and, and bypassing that intercept that we all know May and Lever love to do so well. You're right, but it's easier said than done. Oh, well, it takes discipline. Yes. And you might notice in that Collingwood game is they slowed it up a lot to, to actually did. do that. And uh, then they'd pull the trigger and be a bit more phonetic uh, from the boundary line inside to that hot spot mm. inside forward 50 at about the 25-metre mark out from goal. Mids, Lockie Hunter's had a pretty good season. I think he's had the best season of his career over at Melbourne. Uh, coming from the Dogs, Oliver's back and he's doing pretty well. He got plenty of the ball last week. Langdon, he's a gun, gun machine, runs like crazy. Jordan, Bailey Fritch. Bailey Fritch, did he cost the Demons the win last week with some poor kicking at goal? It's unusual for him. Uh, a couple of mistakes, didn't go hard at a couple of balls. Well, you see, just on him as well, I don't think that'll happen twice. He's usually very accurate. Absolutely. Bailey Fitch, and he makes every post a winner. So I've got a feeling if he can, get, he could be high impact tonight. If he can get five or six possessions, they could quite easily be goals. The interesting one is Petraka. Where, where do they where, play? Yeah, where do you play him? Well, well, in my mind, they've got to play him forward. They've got well, to they were a up. bit unlucky, Sydney, because of what happened to Brayshaw, because I'm sure that they would have been stages in that game, but unfortunately Brayshaw came off early, yeah. as we all know, and I heard you talked about that a little earlier, which was very unfortunate for Melbourne. Absolutely. Because just, then well, they very, had to leave Petrarca in the midfield. Very quickly, Stats, just because you, know, you missed that conversation. You may no, not, I heard it. Yeah, but I mean, you missed being able to have your input and, and tell us one way or another. Maynard should have got off or should have got suspended? I think the right call was made. Um, look, at the end of the day, it's very unfortunate cool. what's happened to Brayshaw. But I heard you guys talking about why it would take four hours and why it even went to the tribunal. Well, I think the tri- they wanted to test the case. So they wanted to get the arguments happening. It was always going to be a long evening based on the arguments of what happened and you know, I mean, they would have gone through things like mechanics and body mechanics. Yeah, they did. They went right down to frame by frame, yeah, side and, on and, footage and, and stuff. What what can you do when you're in the yep. air? What's your culpability? All that mm. kind of stuff. So it would have took hours upon hours. So that's what they were so doing you, on but, Tuesday. But I know he's a Collingwood player, but you love your matrix and oh, getting look, everything I, right. I would say if, he, if I felt that he was in the wrong, I would say, you know, if he was deliberate, but I don't believe that he was deliberate, no. and I believe it was just a pure football accident. Accident, and they are and mates accidents too. Are going to happen? They they grew they did their junior footy together, everything. So it's not like they're enemies out there. They they're friends. They're with I it. I think he's shown genuine remorse for it too. Absolutely. All right, Bridges. That forward line of break Melbourne. this down for me, please, Bridges. Does 
does Melbourne kick enough goals? Petraka has to play forward for me to get enough goals. Who McDonald, goes in the midfield for him then? Uh, look, Oliver's just got to stand up in there. And you So know, what like, they've got listed for their midfield now is Hunter on the wing, Hunter, Oliver Centre, Ed Langdon the other wing. No issues with that whatsoever. And they're putting Pickett in. Viney and Pickett. Pickett's done very well. When he goes in there, he's done very well. And he's, but he doesn't play a lot of time in there. He's not done Can, a, can he sustain in there, though? Can he no. play a whole game in the midfield? Yeah, but I've no, got... But if he's if he's there and about, the fact is, Melbourne to win, Petraka's got to kick four or five goals. Their emergency... Like their interchange is very uh, forward-orientated, so all of them can rotate through there. Tom Sparrow... Kate Chandler, James Jordan, Jake Bowie, they're all really half-forward flankers or forward pockets. Now, over at Carlton, they've been play- on a roll. They've done very nicely. Weathering down back gives them solid. Newman's been very good. Made a couple of little mistakes last week. One, the ground ball those. gets by 20 for the best of the season so far. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. Last week against the Swans. Yep. Mitch McGovern, he stands up. Saad, he'd like the ball in his hands. He gives it run, he gives whatever. Patrick Cripps is still playing injured for mine. Blake Akers, I gave him best on ground last week. I thought he was terrific. Dom De- Tom DeConey stood up. He's be- got better as the season wore on. Nicely done. Doherty, playing at a half forward. And he kicked a goal or two last week, so that's fine by me. Charlie, I didn't think he had a great game. He, he-, he wasn't on his best last week. They didn't give him the ball well enough. Jesse Motlop in. Yeah. Doesn't do enough for mine. Pitnet stood up in the ruck okay, but he's got against Matt Gorn. That's going to be really tough. Sarah Welsh is terrific, isn't he? Welsh is a real little gun. And on the bench is an interesting one as well. Marchbank, Hewitt, Cunningham and Kennedy. So well, I can see a situation where Doherty will go to halfback yep. and they might start Cripps at, in the half-forward region, half-forward line. And Hewitt going into the midfield. And Hewitt's been better as the season got on. He played well early and then had an injury and was pretty average. But he's got better as it's gone on. So, look, there's not a lot of difference between them. I think, I'm not sure why Melbourne would be favourites. I would have thought Carlton would be favourite. Melbourne are favourites because their turnover, their scoring for turnovers, their amount of ball they're able to bring into their forward fifty, and the fact that they ended up fourth on the ladder for a reason. Mm, well, my my head is saying Carlton are going to win. My heart is saying Melbourne are going to win, and I reckon Melbourne are going to get up. I'm I'm on Melbourne tonight. I think that Joey will be. Down there, I'm sure he'll be there, and I'm sure he'll be giving them all the right words to get over. I think what you see in semi-final weekend, we see this traditionally. It doesn't always happen, but 80% of the time it happens. The top four, usually the two losers coming out of the top four, do very well in the second week of finals. And they usually win quite easily. Of the last period, five of the last 46 teams have been able to win the flag from outside of the top four. So it is possible. But only 5 or 46. So it's yeah. not, not high chances. Yeah, well, what I'm saying <laughs> is you'll find that in semi-final week, which is this week, yeah. obviously the second week of finals and loser out, the two losers from the top four generally bounce back and go very, very well. Melbourne went out in straight sets last year. Yeah, and it does it 80% of the time. Yeah. So 80% of the time. Like, generally, they'll come back and have very easy victories. But as the, a rule, the the both the two teams have got demons in the closet from last year. Demons got demons in the closet. <laughs> well, look, you, you go. only got to go back to what was it uh, late in the season, and Carlton got over the line in that 
controversial match at the end there with a score Against review. Melbourne, where it should have been. So that was uh, only a couple of weeks ago. So, but yep. anything like that, Melbourne are in it up to, sorry, Carlton are in it up to their ears. Mm. But, like, at the end of the day, like I say, that's, that usually sh- shines through. There are exceptions to the rule. But then again, you've got uh, Melbourne that finished fourth and uh, Carlton finished fifth. So yeah, not much difference. there's not much between no, and, them that way. And the fact Carlton have the best forward in the league. You know, he won the Coleman. He, he is a power forward. Maxwell is a great kick at goal. If, uh, That's Melbourne's Melbourne biggest win, issue, isn't it? They have to beat Charlie. But not only that, Melbourne got the opposite problem at the other end. They don't have a forward. They've just got a whole bunch of guys there and there's no direct target. And this is a bit that was a bit odd with their game last week. There's no direct target, Bridges. So why are you bombing it to the same spot every time? Why aren't you lowering your eyes, hitting that guy on the forward flank, bringing it back into the centre with a 15-metre pass, picking Fritz out at 35 out and the lead running on his own into it, instead of just bombing it in and assuming Fritz is going to be able to take a mark? Because this is how Melbourne have done it over the last four years. They, they got it right for 20 minutes in a grand final and won the grand final. But barring that 20 minutes, this whole four years, they have struggled between their... Backs, mids, don't talk to their forwards properly. I need to find... It just doesn't happen. So I'm I'm saying that Melbourne have a chance here. I wondered why Benny Brown was out, but he's still out with a knee injury, so that's why he didn't get a shot at coming back in. Well, Luke McDonald didn't do much last week, so he has to perform. I'm telling you, though, I don't think Fritz will have the game he had last week, and he's high impact, and generally he's very good in front of goal, and normally he can kick goals from not a lot of not a lot of possessions. So if he can take five forward marks, they could turn into five goals quite easily tonight. They need Pickett to stand up. But Fritz is going to get owned by Wiedering. Oh. Surely Wiedering's going to just dine out on that. I don't think he's going to get go to him. He's 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 going to go to McDonald. Wiedering's the big, fo- so big then gorilla. So Mick, Mick, Nick Newman or Mitch McGovern are going to go to Fritz, and both those two, I think, can take him. I'd send Newman to him, yeah. I think well, Newman can. Again, going to eat him alive. I've got to tip Carlton. You were on the Carlton, I, the Blue Baggers. I'm pretty sure on my footy tip, and I tipped uh, Melbourne already, and I'll probably forget to change it. But just looking at it on paper and the belief that the Blues have got in themselves at the moment versus Melbourne that are a bit yo-yo-ish, and they had their opportunities last week and they blew it. And since I don't know that I've got a tip right in the finals so far, Joey would be probably pretty happy if the I tipped Carlton. The only one I've missed so far was St Kilda last week. I mean, I've been no, straight, I've, I've been straight. shocking. No. I even picked, I picked Sydney last week to beat Carlton and <laughs> everything. No. But do you realise that if you pick Carlton here now and Melbourne do go out, you'll be looking for a new place to go and get fuel? Well, Joey no, I will be fine because Joey's brother Tony is a Blues fan. He's uh, been given permission. He's at the footy tonight. And I told Joey if Blues beat him, he has to give him is like... Is Joe a, there tonight? No, Joe's, Joe's got working and his brother Tony got the got the ticket off to, to go to the footy. So where's Joe watching it tonight? He'll be probably watching it at home, I reckon. So well, He's listening in. Good luck he, he will Joe. Be listen- I hope they... Yeah. Listen in, so it's 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 a brothers' war this one at the service station well, and a mother son war. So you say, won't I be getting fuel? That's fine. Tony will come and fill me van <laughs> up with fuel because he's he's always talking football as well. So who are you tipping stats? Look, I'm going to stick with the probabilities that I, I generally believe that in a full cycle, the the top four teams usually the losers bounce back. So I'll, I'll stick with Melbourne and I'll 
stick with Port Adelaide across the course of the weekend because they finished top four. And in the balance of probabilities, and I'm playing the mass, that they, they're usually the top four do bounce back. I can remember there were occasions where uh, the top four losers in the first week got belted in first weeks of finals and then come back and they're belted other side. So, yeah, just don't be surprised. Look, yeah, it's flimsy stats. That's not great. I think he just broke the fence again. <laughs> no, no, balance of probability. I'm I'm all over the, the two sides that finished in the top four. Top four, Port yeah. Adelaide and Melbourne. Look, I, I think you're probably going to be right, and Melbourne should win this game. But I just got this feeling that the Blues have got this fairy tale happening from being told by some guy on the opening bounce that their coach should be dead and buried, that now they're in finals. A bald-headed guy. Yeah, well, he wasn't bald then, but he is now. Uh, they got told by him that, that that's it. He's, he's hopeless. He's not not a coach. Oh. And now all of a sudden they've got the belief. They've got what they needed. They're firing. They're going. Injuries if, don't if Melbourne are going to win this as well, they have to bring a ferocious attack on the player and the ball. Yes. That is, that is one thing that they have to bring if they want to beat Carlton. Who who do they need to tag? Who do either team need to tag? Well, Bridges, tell me who Carlton need to tag. Carlton need to tag uh, Petraka, I think. They need to keep him out of the game. I actually think it's Clayton Oliver. You can't yeah, think you can tag it, Oliver, though. He's hard, and, and not only that, at times Oliver gets a lot of the ball but doesn't hurt you. Yeah, I, I still feel that... Uh, you got to you got to tag Oliver. I just think that Oliver gets a lot of forward inside fifties yeah, as but well. And if if Petraka gets off the chain and kicks four or five, Melbourne win. Yeah, but for Petraka to do that, he's got to play like a dusty role and I drift th- forward on. I you. think that's the role he has to play if and they're going to win. If Melbourne he are going to win, they've got to shut out Sam Welsh. Uh, stats. You didn't get asked that question, Bridges. You got asked the other one. Statsy, who do Melbourne need to tag? Look, I, I I would say that yeah, I, I agree with you. It's actually Walsh. I mean, I you've got to be careful though of what a course up. Uh, not uh, Cripps. It's yeah, not Cripps can do that's, as well. That's but he's, but he's carrying an injury. I'm not They're taking either. Talking about yeah, having but him. you don't want to you don't want to drop your guard against Paddy Cripps because he's the type of bloke that could you think oh yeah he's carrying an injury and all of a sudden he's kicked three goals in three minutes. And he's, but just he's hardly the kicked game a goal open. all year. He's hardly yeah, performed but, all year. Well, there's been occasions where but he neither has of the got issue. off the chain and has kicked mm. a couple, but he's played a slightly different role. It was only, well, it was the first half of last season where he kicked a lot of goals. Last year, and he sure. Was play, and he was playing it. And he got a false Brownlow because of it. And He, he and won the Brownlow. He just didn't, he should have got suspended. He should have won it ineligible. So yeah, well, that, that, that by the by and by, like, you you just got to be very careful. I think you he's a, you're, you're, you're missing. The player he was last year. Guys, you're missing the danger. Well, you don't. I'll the, tell you this, Sydney. You don't. You don't lose your skill. The three that they should. The, the, um, and you can pick between them or tag all three of them and and go through. Is you've got to stop Adam Saad coming off the back line. He can't be left to to run free. So you got to put a defensive forward onto him. McVie. Okay, so you've got to stop that. Doherty's been doing what he wants the last couple of weeks. He's kicking goals. He's getting possessions. He's but, taking okay, marks. Okay, so how many do you tag? And, you only and just tag go one. Totally defensive. You only tag one. But these are the three that you've got to kick goals to win finals. The three that I see that are probably the biggest risk. The other one, it's not going to be a hard tag, but you've got to make sure you know exactly where he is. Is, is Acres? I, I think that the runs. Don't worry about the guy winning the handball in the contest. 
Melbourne are going to win enough of the contest to go with it. Worry about the guy well, who's Melbourne delivering well the ball. Might as well go to Coles instead of the MCG and just tag items off the shelf. No, but <laughs> if Carlton are able to just well, run you've got the to ball, have them tagging everybody, they'd have to just tag everybody. Coles here in Shepparton. Rota- rotate who they're going through. But they can tag all the items for tomorrow morning's shop. You uh, can't let Carlton bounce out of that back line. If you do, you're going to pay. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you've nominated about four different tags, and I'm, what well, I'm saying to you is you've got to make a decision. All right, I'm probably tagging Saad then. All right, I'm stopping that off the back line, not letting the ball get out of there and trap it in. No, I'm saying you've got to stop Welsh. I think he's, But he's going to get yeah, the ball I'm, I'm anyway. With you, Sid. I'm with you. Yeah, but you're right. But if you can stop him getting that ball out in, in peace and quiet and do a lot like they've done to Lockie Neal this year, shut him down a few times, and the, and the Br- Brisbane Lions have struggled because it of that. It didn't help Port last week when they shut down the guy in the middle. They shut him down for half, though. He still only got 19 disposals for the whole game instead of 40. So, yep. All right, I'm tipping Yeah, I'm tipping the Blues. I've talked myself into it. Uh, Tony will be listening in, and Joe will be just shaking his my head, head going, says, yeah, I'm gonna, My head says Carlton, but my heart says Melbourne, and I'm going with Melbourne. Melbourne, three points. I was sort of hoping that Carlton would get through and it'd be a Collingwood-Carlton grand final, which I couldn't stand. So at the end of the day, if they were both in my backyard, I'd draw the curtains, but I'd, I'm going for Melbourne. <laughs> no <laughs> Good luck there, Joe, though. Good luck to my sister Marie, too, who's mad Carlton. Yeah, but you just, you, surely you're going for the Blues for your sister. Oh, well, I, actually, she just cost me about $600 a couple of weeks ago on a, uh, a signed Charlie Kernow picture. Yes. Why, you gave it to her and she'd give it away? No, no, she didn't give it away, no. She it's didn't give AFL, him the 600 bucks for it. It's, it's AFL authenticated and got the certificate and you even got him online signing it. And so yeah. you gave it to her? Well, so in, in a way, the, the, the sort of profiteer in me wants <laughs> Carlton to win a flag in a weird way because he's won the... Coleman, the Coleman, and then he becomes a premiership player. He adds Norm Smith to go with it. And I'll, I'll just beg <laughs> me sister in the, six grand. after the first week of the Carlton winning the grand final, get it on the internet. <laughs> get it on the internet. <laughs> your, I want 600 bucks, man. Your yeah. sister's going to put it on the wall if that happens. There ain't Indian going, giver. Yep. Indian giver. Yep. All right. But thank you very much for coming in, Bridges. Thank you very much, Stats, for jumping in at the last and, minute. And I thanks appreciate for doing that. the show this evening. And yeah, back to normal next week. Yeah, back to normal. I'll be here next week. And then the week after, the grand final show, I'll have to be a phone-in because I'll be in Queensland doing the Vic, Vic Country. Country yeah, you. playing old man footy up there. So at Maroochydore. At Maroochydore. I leave on the Friday, so I'll have to be a phone-in for and that apologies one. apologies for the brain fade a little earlier. My cogs just weren't spinning in my oh, head. Oh, that's what happens when you travel for three hours to come back. Oh, I thought you were just going to say it's what happens when you stats, but hey. No. <laughs> no, 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 what stats' problem is he's come into the studio and he has one piece of paper. And not a tree. He's not got his 45 trees that give him absolute answers to any question you could possibly ask are in those trees. I actually think it's your fault. Why? Because Stats came in not expecting to do any of this. He came in just to set up his next bid. He needed to stay hidden. He needed to stay hidden. minute I saw Stats Man, the public want the Stats Man on air. They sure do. We love your Stats. Thank you very much to Pat and Tina's for sponsoring us. Enjoy the football this week. If your team is alive still, enjoy it because you may end up like St Kilda and not be in there next week. So just enjoy the moment that you've got and enjoy football and enjoy that the NRL games as well that are floating around. Yeah, so, Melbourne Storm tonight in a big game tonight. Storm there tonight. Last week. And just be careful in that sporting precinct in Melbourne if you are tuning in or if you are listening to us on the internet because 
like there's going to be a massive crowd at the G and a massive crowd at, of course, Amy Park for the Storm as well. Mm-hmm. Nope. But that's only 35,000. Anyway, we are about to On jump to our NRS coverage. We will be at that in a few seconds. Thank you very much for listening to the AFL opening bounce. We will be back crazy as ever next Friday afternoon. It's the emblem of the team we love, the team of the red and the blue. Every heart is true for the red and the blue, and we sing this song to you. been listening to a 1FM podcast.